0: welcome to the transit i think you've been welcomed a couple times so we're excited to be here um let's enter into uh we're going to pray and then we're right now we're in the sermon of the mount series and so this morning we'll be touching base on prayer and fasting and so we got some ground to cover and uh i'm excited excited to see what god does in our hearts this morning and uh so let's enter into a moment of prayer and then we'll read some scripture together how's that sound Jesus, we just, uh, we just posture our hearts to receive from you this morning. Um, Lord, you the one who gives uh, true food and true drink, and Lord, we want to eat of you, and we want to drink of you today. And so, God, we just put our hearts and our hands in a posture of receiving from you, Jesus. Um, Lord, I'm asking that you would speak to our hearts this morning, that your word would touch our hearts, um, that our hearts would not remain um, untouched this morning, and that, God, you'd help us to respond to your word. Now, Lord, I ask for a grace over our community uh, to increase in uh in prayer and fasting today that god we would learn from you the teacher and that holy spirit you would uh, increase our capacity to walk with you jesus and receive from you and that jesus you would be the real joy giver today and that you would be our our very true reward Uh, we want more of you today and uh, we love you in your name we pray amen okay uh so we're going to start off in matthew chapter six uh we'll read the first five verses for i'm sorry ten verses together Uh, 5 through 15, and uh, we're going to just read what's on the slide, and then uh, we'll jump into a couple thoughts here, okay? So if it comes up, yep, so start with me. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father That's where we're going to start this morning, and then we'll have a few more verses after this that we'll dive into, and we'll stop and read those together. Sound good? So a couple of things. Um, Jesus is teaching on giving, prayer, and fasting in these three kind of, and he says, the when you do this. So it's implied that his disciples and followers are praying, fasting, and giving, right? So when you do these things. Um, but he's, he's challenging them. There's obviously some hypocrites. Um, I think at some point in our lifetime, we all kind of fall into that bucket right, of not doing what we say we're doing or saying we're doing something we're not doing, right, so we've all experienced what it's like to be a hypocrite, and so um, I think this just hits home, and I, I think um, when we lose sight of King Jesus and the reason that we give, pray, and fast, then we enter into that hypocrisy. When um, we lose focus on what this is about, right, these, these, these worship disciplines, it's all about what? Jesus, coming into closer proximity to Jesus through our giving, through our praying, and through our fasting, and so we never lose our call to be servants and bond slaves to Jesus and to the King. But in John uh, chapter 15, he calls us also friends, right? He invites us into fellowship and communion with Jesus. And so that's what these disciplines give us the opportunity to do. So the question I just posted this morning is, what are we invited into? What are we invited into? And I think uh, this is what it looks like. Prayer is, uh, is what we're invited into. We're invited into a conversation. It's just a conversation with our Father. And so we're going to see that this morning. We prayed it already. And uh, prayer simply as, I, I don't know, just boil it down. This has really been um, helpful for me in my conversation around prayer is it's just a conversation, right? It's a conversation between friends, right? Think about you and your friends. You talk together. You talk about stuff. Uh, between lovers, right? We get to be the, we're the bride of Christ. He's the bridegroom. So there's this loving aspect uh, it's a conversation between sons and daughters right In Ephesians 1 he calls us adopted we're sons we're daughters so it's just it's just a conversation like we have conversations all day long whether if you have kids or with your spouse or your coworkers, it's he's he's he makes himself available for those kind of conversations and so just if, if you're trying to take something away today prayer it's just a conversation between friends we get to be friends with him we get to be his lover lovers he's our lover we get to enjoy being his sons and daughters and so it's not just words to a ceiling i think jesus is making that point here right don't heap up the phrases it's not just words to nowhere right he's intimately wants to be in relationship with us and it's more than just a feeling right we don't pray so we get to feel good and all that stuff not that that doesn't happen sometimes but it's not the purpose right it's to commune and connect with the father but um so hopefully uh, that kind of just will frame where we're going with this this morning does that sound good does that makes sense so it's a conversation right and we want to enter into conversation and so Jesus, I think, as he's talking these first couple verses, he confronts or he, he highlights two temptations. And these temptations I see here are, one, I think they're up here, we want to be seen, right? So there's this hypocrisy, right? They want to be seen. They, they're on the street corners. They're praying, right? Looking all holy. But, but like, why are they there? What's, what's the reason, right, that they're entering into this hypocrisy? I'm sure there's lots of reasons. But I think one of the things the Lord was highlighting to me as I was praying over this is that there's an innate desire in us to be seen. We want to be seen. And when we are insecure in our relationship with the Father, then sometimes we kind of play to, well, I just need to be seen by others to be filled up and and encouraged. I need the praise of man to to fill up that void when we're not secure in the Father's love. And so I think there's a temptation that Jesus is confronting here um, as he's, you know, raining down fire on the hypocrites, um, that we all want to know we all want to be seen and so we've all done this right just think about your journey through um adolescence like right that transition that weird transition that happens like right when you go from like being a boy and then trying to figure out how to become a man and there's like all these awkward moments in life um we've all been there so there's this we're like we just want to and I think about even as like little kids right like they want to be seen by their parents so sometimes your kid does some crazy stuff I've experienced this a lot uh, in my life because I have three kids. And uh, sometimes they just do stuff. You're like, why did you do that? And sometimes they just want to be seen, right? Like they just, they'll they'll do whatever it takes to have the father's attention. And so I think somewhere in the Pharisees' hearts, they, and us in our own hearts, right? We want to be seen. And then the other temptation or fear is that we we think we won't be heard, right? So we got to heap up lots of phrases, be eloquent. I just, I got to say enough so that way I'm heard, right? And so I think Jesus is kind of confronting these. Um, It's a basic desire at us, I think, to be seen and to be heard. Would you all agree with me? Like we all, I think there's some level of this. We all want to be seen. and We all want to be heard. And so I think Jesus would give us two assurances, right? He says, uh, I see you, so join me in your closet. I don't need you to be out in the street corners trying to get man's praise, I, just come, I see you. I see you, son. I see you, Joseph. I see you, Abigail. I see, I see you, transit church family. I see you. And, uh, and how do we know? Well, I mean, think about it. How did Jesus, what did Jesus say to Philip when he joined his crew of disciples? What did he say? You remember that chosen episode, right? He's like under the tree and he's like, you know, he's burning up his, his architectural drawings. I thought that was a good episode. And, and what did Jesus say? He said, I saw you, right? He's the God who sees us. Um, to Hagar, right? She was being shunned. She was being kicked out of the family. There's this whole dynamic, intense scenario. And the Lord shows up in Genesis 16, verse 13, and he reveals himself as El Roy. It's E-L-R-O-I, as the God who, what? Sees, right? So the Lord sees. So I think Jesus would assure us, hey, it, hey, I see you. Join me in the prayer closet. I want to spend some time with you. I want to be close to you. I see you. And then number two, I, I hear you. You don't even have to say anything. I see the longings in your heart. The Lord hears us even before, what do, we, what do we read earlier, right? Even before we ask, he already knows what? What we need. So in God's, he's amazing like that. And I think there's two te- the testimony this morning with Jake on stage, right? We've been praying for months. Nick and I, you can ask Nick, like on Monday. We're going oh Lord. We know the transition's coming. God, you're sending the workman family out. God, we need you to fill in the gaps. We need help. And so <laughs> Nick and I, we, we crying out, Lord, send us some help. Send us some help. And the Lord already knew what we needed before we even had to ask him, but he still invites us into that conversation to ask. And he heard the longing of the heart of Nick and myself and others. There's been a lot of you that have been praying, and I just want to thank you, right? We're, we're a praying church. We're a house of prayer for all nations, right? And so that's what God calls the church. And so this morning, Jake's standing here on stage. He's an answer to that prayer that we've been praying for months. Isn't that cool? Come on. Amen, right? And so he hears us. And I love this example. I want to read to you a, a story out of 1 Samuel. I'm not going to read all of it, but I'm just going to read a couple of verses. Um, it's a story about the birth of Samuel. Do you want to know who Samuel is? He's a famous prophet in the Old Testament, okay? He had a mom. Imagine that. His mom's name was Hannah. And so Hannah was one of two wives of this man and she was unable to get pregnant and bear children. She was barren. And so in that culture, in that day and time, that was pretty shameful. It was pretty awful to not be able to bear children as a woman in that cultural context. And so um, her, the, it calls, in verse six, it says, her rival, this other wife, would provoke her grievously to irritate her. Man, that's painful, right? And um, it says, as the year, this went on year after year. They would go up to the feast right? She didn't have any children with her. She's barren. She's not able to do the thing that, that she knows she's called to do. And it says that she, um, this provoking is going on, and she's weeping. And it says, therefore, Hannah wept, and she wouldn't even eat. And it says that Elkanah, her husband, said to her in verse 8, and this is First Samuel chapter 1, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart sad? <laughs> like, come on, man. Whew. Does he not realize what's going on here? Am not more to you than 10 sons. After they had eaten and drunk, and again, she's not, but Hannah rose, Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and she prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow to the Lord and said, O Lord of hosts, she calls upon the Lord of hosts. And we see this name a lot in the Old Testament. If you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. No razor shall touch his head. So she's like, if you give me a son, He's going to be a Nazarite. He's going to be set apart. I'll give him back to you. As she continued praying before the Lord, and I, I want us to just to catch this, it says, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart. So she wasn't vocally saying anything. Only her lips were moving. And he supposes that she's drunk and she, he goes on to have this dialogue. But Hannah was praying like a prayer from the heart. Like she wasn't, like, like her lips were moving, but no, like words were coming out. And I just want us to, even in those prayers, those moments where we're just like overcome, we're praying, asking the Lord, and we don't even have words, like he still hears our cry because the Lord then answers his, her prayer through Eli, and she ends up having a son. And so one of this thing that just sticks out to me is those prayers that we pray, the Lord already knew what Israel would need before they even asked. And he gave the answer to Hannah's prayer was who? Samuel. And Samuel, it's said of Samuel that not one of his words fell to the ground. He was consecrated, set apart for the Lord. So that Hannah's praying here, right? I don't even think she knows what's really going to be at the tail end of her prayer, because as she prays, God raises up Samuel, one of the most powerful prophetic voices in Israel's history. And what is who does Samuel anoint? David, right? And and what promise does God give to David? The king? He says the what? There will always be a king seated on your throne. And who is the realization of that king seated on the throne, David's throne forever? Jesus. Jesus. God knew what we would need before we even asked. And he's he's working through Hannah's prayer here to bring something that we all treasure now, right? Jesus, the king, seated on the throne. I just, I think, I thought that was just a powerful example of God knowing what we need before we even ask. And so those prayers, I would encourage you this morning, church. if there's prayers that you're praying that you haven't seen an answer to, it's okay, because he knows what you need before you even ask. And don't, don't stop praying, right? There's prayers that I've been praying for the last 10, this week, I'm not gonna share the full story, but the Lord answered a prayer. He helped, us ref, he helped me reflect on a prayer that I've been praying for the last couple of years, and the Lord put a person in place to pray, and we saw an answer to prayer that was just unbelievable. So just let your hearts be encouraged. It's a conversation. We can cry out, we can cry out boldly, with shouts and and cry out for mercy, but we can also just we don't even have the words and it it has an impact. Does that make sense? Y'all track it with me, hopefully that's encouraging. So let's transition. Jesus gives us uh, his disciples kind of a model to pray, right? So we're just gonna break this apart. I'm not gonna spend a ton of time on it. We're all but I want us to kind of break out of the familiarity with this prayer, right? We've all a lot of us have memorized this prayer. We all know it from young age. If you grew up in church and if you haven't then awesome. Welcome to an awesome new prayer to pray. Um, it starts off with our, and I think it's important that we don't just rush into Father. We got to look at it's our Father, right? It doesn't say my Father, my, just my Father. It's our. It's a community thing. But I thought Jesus said, do it in the closet. Well, he does, right? There's that personal communion with him, but we pray in community. It has to be a community thing. It's our Father. And so I want us to, I want us to be encouraged that we pray in community, Right? We call on the Lord, our Father, together. In Acts 2, Acts 4, Acts 13, there's some great examples that we went through in the last year. We see the disciples gathering together. They're praying to who? Our Father. It's a community thing. So we have to be praying in community. And we're gonna talk about fasting in a minute as well. We have to be doing this in community, right? So there has to be a community element to our prayers. And uh, it's not just me and you know, us four and no more. It's, it's gotta be a community thing. Um, number two, we see that we call upon him as father, right? And so this is kind of a transition. In this culture, right, the name of Yahweh was so um, holy and other than that they just use the word Adonai. They don't even say Yahweh. And if you were writing the name of Yahweh out, you would like, you wouldn't do anything else. Like no one could interrupt you while you're writing that out. You would like, you have to finish the name. Like if you're a scribe and you're writing out Yahweh, you would finish the name. Like not even the king can interrupt you. So it's holy other than, Right. but we see that jesus refers to him as father and so we've been adopted it's our identity we get to be a son of the father and so jesus is kind of helping us come into closeness of proximity and relationship with the father so that's what that's what it does He's, he's he's kind of helping us see that we get to call upon him as father there's an intimacy there and uh fortunately or unfortunately we all have fathers right so for good or for bad right we're i'm a dad I know my kids, for good or for bad, they've got me as a dad, right? And so um, there's things I'm gonna do that will mess up their perception as a father and maybe even receiving from father. There's things I'll do hopefully that will help bless them, right, as a father. And so we all have dads and we've all been impacted in our view of seeing God as father through that lens. It's just, it just happens. And even if you didn't have a dad, then there you go is another example, right, of our, our, our perception of our earthly father does impact how we see God the father. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit to come heal us of wounds that dads have caused. I've caused them my kids, right? We've all received wounds from our dads at some point and we need him to come and heal us. And so I would just encourage you this morning, just ask the Holy Spirit, um, is there anywhere in my heart you'd like to heal a wound from dad that would help me see you rightly? And so we all need that. i would just encourage you to go before the Lord on that this morning. Um, let him be your father and let him reveal who he really is and kind of break off those wrong perceptions we have. And then he says in heaven, right? So we still have... Holy other than, yet father, right? So he's, it's a beautiful combination, right? Like fear the Lord, right? And then he says some three yours. And so these are the three yours he encourages us to pray. He says, first, let your name, whose name? His name, Yahweh, Adonai, let it be what? Hallowed, right? So we want to hallow his name. We want to fear and revere his name. The second your, let your what? Kingdom come. What's the kingdom? It's his rule. It's his reign. It's his lordship, his lordship, And that's critical, church. There's a lot of us that have said yes to Jesus. I want you in my heart, but we haven't let him into every room. We haven't given him the keys or the title deed fully to the house, right? Yeah, you're, you're welcome in this space, Lord. <laughs> we say that. We say, Lord, Lord, right? There's, there's a day coming, right? Where he says, some of you even say, Lord, Lord, and I don't even know you. So like, there's this aspect of kingdom coming that requires him to be fully the Lord reigning and ruling in our lives. And then your, what? Will be done we surrender to him here right so we're praying for his name to be hallowed not mine i'm not building my kingdom i want to be see your kingdom go forth right these three things and this third your your will be done when we pray your will be done we're surrendering our will to him and that's super important if we're going to follow jesus would you all agree if we really want to be like him and follow him and do what he says so this just kind of stuck out to me i was praying this morning and i'm kind of working this phrase re- phraseology around but um, I just, I, I think this might be on the slides. Is this on the slide, Kevin? Um, it says just praying removes us from our, it's not up there. So I'm just going to read it to you. Praying removes us from our high horse of God. This is what you can and can't do. Right? So when we pray these three things, yours, it removes me from like my position of like, God, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can do this. And it puts me on my knees saying, God, you can do whatever you want to do. And that's that's when we pray these yours, that should be the posture of our heart. That helps us transition into that. Y'all with me? Is that helpful? Cool. There's four hours. So we transition from yours to ours. And notice, um, as Jesus kind of gives this model again, he doesn't say, give me food, right? Forgive me of my sins. Lead me away from temptation. Deliver me from evil. He uses the word us, right? Y'all tracking with me? So again, it's a community thing, right? As a community, we're praying and not this isn't this isn't just community yes you can pray lord would you give me my daily bread today like that's cool i'm not there's no prayer police here i'm just helping us look at this from a perspective of it's a community thing right god's inviting us into pray in community the community starts with the father son holy spirit and me praying together right so he invites us into the trinity and then as a community we say god would you give us our food we need some food we need the basic ingredients to live but lord we need true food right forgive us. It implies that we're forgiving others. You can't forgive people you're not in community with. And the reality is if you're with in community, you're going to hurt each other and you're going to need to forgive each other. That's just the reality. Like, we're all broken people. We're going to hurt each other. We're going to make each other angry. We're going to judge each other. We're going to do things that, that we need to ask for forgiveness for. Would you all agree? Have you guys ever had to do that before? I have. A lot. A lot. It happens all the time. Like, that's why Jesus puts this in here, right? And then lead us away from temptation. In 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, this isn't on the slides, but just write that passage down. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. God is faithful. He will provide escape uh, from temptation. He's the one who does it. And even as far back as Cain and Abel, that story perplexes me every time I read it, but he said sin's knocking at the door, right? Are you gonna open the door or are you gonna go the opposite direction, right? Are you not gonna do the thing? Um, So, and then forgiveness. Jesus really pulls this one out, uh, or actually I don't want us to skip over. Deliver us from evil, Um Lord Jesus prays in John 17 when he prays for the church in verse 15. He doesn't pray, Lord, take them out of the world so they don't experience evil. He says, He says these words. He says, Don't take them out of the world. Don't take them out of the world, Lord. But would you keep them from the evil one? Right? And so that's a good prayer for us to pray. Pray it with your kids, pray it with your family. Let's teach our kids. Let's teach each other. Let's pray these things together. Um so hopefully that's helpful. Just a couple things to unpack there. And then in verse 14 and 15, he kind of goes back to that forgive us of our sin. And he gives a command here. We have to forgive each other. It's, it's a command in scripture. It's, it's not something he bounces over. And he says, if you don't forgive, then your heavenly father won't forgive you. That's why we're called to forgive each other's trespasses. And I can't explain exactly how all that works. I just know that Jesus, there's a temptation in our own hearts when we're wounded is to not forgive. We wanna hold on to that, right? We wanna get in the place of God as judge and say, I'm not gonna forgive this person. They hurt me too bad. And so I think the Lord this morning, he would encourage our hearts. And uh, so I just wanna take a moment um let's just take 30 seconds of silence and just ask Holy Spirit um so I'm just gonna close my eyes those 30 seconds Holy Spirit we just asked this morning if there's anyone that you would have us forgive that you bring him to mind Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your work. So if somebody came to mind, just write them down. We'll do something with that in a few minutes. Sound good? Okay? But we just want to give Holy Spirit room. That's what it looks like to pray this prayer, right? Is we just stop sometimes and breathe. It was a men's breakfast this morning, and I was so encouraged um, by my man Kevin K.O. back here. He's not a guy that likes to be seen or talked about. But I'm just going to tell you, when he prayed for us, he would take these pauses and just breathe. And it was so you could just sense the presence of the Lord. So sometimes when we pray, just take a pause and breathe. Okay, so last bit on this prayer bit and then we're gonna launch into fasting for a few minutes and then um, i share a couple testimonies, okay? So rewards, Jesus talks a lot about rewards and the treasure, the, the ultimate reward, guys, it's Jesus. Like the Lord gives, you know, you can read Revelation 2 and 3, there's like 20 different rewards you get for persevering and overcoming. There's lots of different rewards that he explains, but ultimately every reward that he gives us, it's, 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 the, it's the revelation chapter 4, seen again. The elders, they got the rewards of their crowns and the gemstones. And what do they do every time they see the beauty and majesty of Jesus? He is the reward. Like, he is the reward. And they take the crowns, and they put it back down at his feet again. And that's what we get to do. We (laughs) We get to earn heavenly deposits and rewards. And then, but Jesus is the greatest reward. And so I would just encourage you, as you read, like, well, what are the rewards, Jesus? He is the reward. Because when we enter into prayer, we're entering that conversation we're getting closer to Jesus. When we enter into fasting, as we'll see here in a minute, we're drawing near to him and we're getting the reward of knowing him. It's oil in the lamps, right? It's the personal experience and intimacy with Jesus. Okay, so we're going to go through these last couple of verses here on fasting and then um, I want to share a couple of testimonies. You all with me? Still with me? Okay, so we'll try to stay on track here. Uh, Matthew six sixteen through 18 is the first passage we're going to look at and it's just tales, dovetails of what Jesus was talking about. Let's read it together. And when you fast do not look gloomy like the hypocrites for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by truly i say to you they have received their reward but when you fast anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others but by your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you again he sees us let's read this next passage together okay this is out of Matthew nine fourteen, we're fast forwarding a couple verses. Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast? But your disciples do not fast. And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch tears away from the garment, and a worse tear is made. Neither is new wine put into old wineskins. If it is, the skins burst, and the wine is spilled, and the skins are destroyed. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins, and so both are preserved. And this last verse out of Isaiah, chapter 58. Is not this fast the fast I choose, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke? To let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and bring the homeless poor into your house, when you see the naked to cover him, and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? And so I just bring up these other two verses because as Jesus is unpacking this, right? He's saying, Don't when you're fasting and in that culture, right, you put a little oil on your head, make it nice and shining if you don't have any hair, but it would just kind of, you know, you're in a dry culture, right? It helps keep you moist. We don't deal with that around here as much, maybe. Um, but basically, shave, right? If, modern day context. Shave your face. Don't go around looking all like haggard and, oh, you know, you walk into the lunchroom and it's like, oh, I'm not eating today. It's terrible, you know? Why are you not eating? Oh, I'm fasting, right? Like, don't do, don't do that, right? And I guarantee you, if you're fasting, you'll get offered free pizza. I guarantee you, 100%. It happens to me every single time. Um, somebody ordered pizza at the office. I'm like, I love you, Jesus, right? Um, But, you know, it's not to be seen by others, but he sees us, right? He sees what we're doing, and it's, it's about, again, communion, entering into that conversation with Jesus. The reward of fasting is closer, deeper intimacy with Jesus, a tender heart to receive his word. And I love... The, the John's disciples come to him and the Pharisees are like, hey, we're fasting. Like, what's going on? Why aren't you guys fasting? And in that day and time, a regular practice of a, of a Jewish uh, man or, or woman, I'm not exactly 100% on that one, but at least I know the man, would fast two to th- two, one to two days a week. And it would look like sun up to sundown once or twice a week, they'd be fasting. This is just a regular, consistent practice. So Jesus knows this, but they're not fasting with Jesus. Because why? He's, he's the bridegroom. He's within and so then he makes this point that when I'm gone, yes, then they will enter into fasting because w- why would he say that? And he gives this analogy about new wine and new wineskins. I'm not gonna unpack all that this morning. I encourage you just to, to sit on that, ask the Holy Spirit for revelation. But really it's, it's when I'm fasting, I'm saying, Jesus, I am hungrier for you than anything else. And I just wanna be with you. I want you to be here with me. I wanna experience close intimacy with you. So I'm gonna, I wanna deny my flesh a little bit of food and a little bit of comfort. And I wanna just engage with you. And then Isaiah 58 really gives us um some some fruits of fasting so fasting number one it's not seeking your own glory and the praise of man y'all with me so fasting is not about seeking um the praise of man or your own glory number two it's done in hiddenness with the father so it is done so what it is not seeking your own glory what it is it's in hiddenness with the father Uh, fasting is increased communion with who jesus our bridegroom king that's who he is he reveals himself as the bridegroom king and then fourth fasting is fruitful when we do it with a heart posture that honors the Lord. And Isaiah 58 is a great example. The Lord's really rebuking them in this chapter because they're fasting and they're not doing these things, right? They're doing lip service and hypocrisy, but they're not engaging with the Lord. And so the Lord says, hey, when you do fast with a heart posture and hiddenness that honors me, this is what happens. I loose bonds. I love that. So if you're trapped in a sin pattern and you can't get out of it, hey, I'd encourage you, maybe fast a little bit. Because what it does is it, it removes a lot of things right fasting that social media fasting food Fa- definitely encourage you to fast food if you're you know if your doctor says okay like if you have health conditions just be careful when you do that kind of stuff um but fasting bears fruit it crushes a yoke that may be just breaking us down and then I love this fasting thrusts us into mission because his last two points that he says in Isaiah 58 he says that it's to br- share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house And so when we fast, we should be looking for opportunities to open up our hearts to others and it thrusts us into mission, right? To be hospitable and to serve the least of those. So that said, um, I want to read one quote from Sam Storms. See if that's up there. Fasting, great, is not about, primarily about eating, is not primarily not eating. In fact, fasting is all about eating, I want us to catch this, right? Of a sort. Fasting is what? Feasting on God. It's drawing deeply upon his presence. It's depending wholly on his power. It's enjoying his goodness. It's gazing at his what? Beauty. It's trusting him to do for us what we can never remotely expect to do on our own. I love that quote. It just helps to see like it's not not doing something. It's engaging with Jesus and feasting on him. And so takeaway fasting creates an opportunity for us to feast with jesus practically i'm just going to point these four things out and then i have a couple people come up to share testimonies um one a regular fast just like one two days a week it's it would be denying food from sun up to sun down. so i'd encourage you if you've never done that before give it a try um, i would also encourage you if you've never done that before to have a plan because it's gonna, you're gonna get hangry and it's going your headache's gonna hurt your head's gonna hurt a little bit okay but drink a lot of water maybe drink some juice. If it's your first time ever fasting like that from sundown to sun, up, sun up to sundown, do do a couple smoothies, okay? Like, just ease into it, but have a plan to seek the Lord, right? Cut out that lunch hour instead of eating lunch. Maybe just to fast a lunch one day a week, right? Pick up, I'm not going to eat lunch on Monday. And instead of Monday, I'm going to spend that hour that I would get, I'm going to spend 30 minutes in the Word of God. I'm going to spend 30 minutes praying. If you've never prayed for 30 minutes, it's going to be awesome, okay? Um, so have a plan, um a partial fast daniel demonstrates this in daniel 10 13 1 8 and daniel chapter 12 he abstained from choice foods right this is a great way to fast with your family right if you've never fasted as a family i would encourage you fast as a family okay it's easy to do don't eat meat don't eat sweets and uh and abstain from wine and if your kids are not of age then they can't drink wine anyway so it's easy right um but i would just encourage you we've done this a couple times as a family um 21 day daniel fast as a family it's great it helped reset our kids guts Like our kids have all these gut issues. And we realize, hey, not having meat all the time actually was helpful for our kids' guts. So there's other benefits. But the main one is that as a family, we carve out this time to spend and commune with Jesus, right? So it doesn't have to be a 21-day fast. It could just be a couple days. But a Daniel fast is a good way to kind of ease into it. Um, You have an absolute fast. Definitely want to hear from the Lord on these, okay? You want to drink water like Esther did or Ezra. There were three days that they took and they didn't do anything but drink water and they fasted all food for three days it's intense work your way up to that okay don't just dive into an Esther fast okay but ask the lord how he wants you to engage and then supernatural fasts jesus and moses come on man they just got to set the bar so high um no food no water for 40 days definitely don't recommend um but definitely would encourage you that if you want to do there's ways to 40 day fast okay ask the lord if the lord says supernatural 40 day fast get some people around you to pray for you um but I want to encourage you, um, I, I, I've had the opportunity to do a couple of 40-day fasts. Do it in community. Don't do it without community. You have to have somebody going along with you. You need that. Because it's not only just temptation, but you just need the encouragement. Because your body does weird things when you haven't eaten food for 40 days. I encourage you to do juice, okay? I encourage you to do maybe like one meal a day for 40 days. Like just You could come up with these things. If the Lord puts it on your heart, to fast in that measure. And usually it's for a specific reason. Um, right before um we entered into our relationship Abigail uh knew that I was the guy for her but I still hadn't caught on yet and uh but I was asking the Lord I was like Lord maybe I don't know and uh and so she began to enter into this she entered into a 30-day fast and she was saying God either remove me or remove Joseph from the equation because I that's just where I'm at and so during this 30-day fast where um she was fasting and seeking the Lord the Lord spoke to me super clear um through the story of David and Abigail I'm not going to unpack the whole story but he just, at the end of the story of David and Abigail, if you haven't read it, go to 1 Samuel chapter 25, David marries Abigail. And my wife's name is Abigail. And so the Lord just said, you're going to marry Abigail. And it was, I think it was a result of the praying and the fasting. And obviously I was was praying too, but I think it was her prayer and fast before the Lord of Lord, that kind of that Hannah moment, right? Where you're just like something's got to shift, right? So when you hit those points in life, our temptation is to check out or to distract or to extract, right? But I would encourage you maybe maybe the lord says hey set aside a week for me you know seven days 21 days right to enter into that and see what happens and um and the lord will tenderize your heart i guarantee you so practically i'm gonna ask caleb scott my man to come up here i just asked him um to share just an example do we have the announcement mic over here did i miss that yep so i just wanted you to hear from a couple people within transit um again they're not doing this before you all you never see them doing this and that's not the whole point. I just want you to hear a testimony from a man, Caleb. He's going to be brief, right? Because we've got to keep these, yeah. two, three minutes is what I gave him. And I just wanted to ask him these questions. Um, Caleb, what does it look like to fast and pray in your life? Tell us.
1: Is this thing on? Okay, it is. Hi. Um, so I'm just going to talk a little bit about my experience in prayer and fasting. Um, so about uh, last year, the summer of 2021, uh, the Lord put, on, uh, put it on my heart that I should Um, begin practicing fasting Um, and as an individual I didn't want to Um, I'll just go ahead and say it straight out and so I found other brothers in Christ who were also convicted in the same way and I eventually found a schedule Um, every Monday I would forgo breakfast and lunch go to work as normal and then I would come back here at around 4 or 5 p.m. to meet up with my brothers in Christ and to just pray and worship before the Lord Um, it was pretty simple and I will say that when I first started, um, uh, there were days that I did not want to show up here. I was hangry. I was bitter. I just wanted my dinner. Um, and um, the Lord worked through that. Um, not every day was perfect. There were some days where I, where I did skip, and then there were some days that I was ended up here oh. um, worshiping and, and praying before the Lord. Um, so just to echo that, uh, you know, your brothers and sisters in Christ around you are vital and God puts them in your life so that you can take that step because I sure wouldn't have been able to do it by myself Um, so that's a little bit of experience of what I did Um, and the second question
0: what's been the fruit Caleb that you would say you've seen from
1: right so um, the second question kind of has two parts to it one is um, you know how have I seen my personal relationship and intimacy with Christ change and then the second is um, how does that how has it affected my prayer life um, so I will say let 's start with prayer life um, during this uh, this year of, of learning um, and praying and fasting before the Lord, um, the Lord has put upon my heart nations that I honestly did not care much about because they 're really really far away from me um, specifically, just so that you guys have an example um, i 've been praying uh, and fasting for the nation of Israel um, and the Jewish people and You know, I don't have a lot of friends who are Jewish. I think maybe I knew one in middle school. And so I didn't have a very good basis um, about um, that people group. And the Lord has uh, time and time again put it on my heart to pray for these people because they're important in God's mission. And, you know, had it not been for this increased um, desperation for the Lord in fasting, I would not have cared to pray for these people. And so that's a little bit of an example of how that's affected my prayer life. Um, And I think holistically speaking for my own personal relationship with Jesus, um, I just want to echo this idea or this theme of longing. Um, And I like the word desperation because I think that's what it is. When we don't eat food or when, when something in our life changes that isn't regular, we're prompted to action. And that can be to fix it for ourselves and so with food that's pretty easy right we can just go make ourselves a meal um, but in the case of fasting it's like you know there's this desperation in my heart my heart my, my body is literally trying to fix something and in that desperation we can turn to the Lord and say Lord I am stopping this for you and I want to see more of your glory and so in that prayer and in that fasting um, I guess it's kind of hard for me to explain um, tangibly but I know that um, I've been reassured in my heart during this prayer and fasting that the Lord has responded and has put things on my heart um, and has said things to me that have reminded me of my identity in Him and not in anything else. Mm. Um, so I hope that that's helpful for you guys. Yeah,
0: it's good. You guys give Caleb the hand. Thank you. Kim Jagway. Okay, I got one more. Was that encouraging? Yeah, as you're real people, right? Like, it's not just Nick and I up here talking to you. I want you to hear from the family. We've got, and I know more of you are praying and fasting. So, but these are two that the Lord just highlighted in my heart as I was praying this week. So, Kim, did you share. I should um, well, And I
2: want you to know I wore my wedges because I knew I'd
0: be standing next right. to me. Okay, I'll stand further away. It'll give you, and you can stand. You don't have to sit. All but, right. I uh, think I'm comfortable. Okay. Okay. I'm going to move this back so we can see you.
2: All right, so first... So question
0: number one, just what does it look like for you in your life to pray and fast, some of the challenges?
2: All right, so it has evolved a lot through the years, probably like everybody in this room. Um, In my youth, I, you know, prayer and fasting, they were more like events, and I just did them because my parents did it, or my mom did it. My dad really wasn't around. But um, my fasting life, prayer and fasting, started much later it started from a period of desperation in my life Um, so i won't go into my full story but i just grew up in a very abusive home and a lot of challenges for you know a young girl from single digits up until my teenage years and because of the amount of abuse i suffered i ended up in psychiatrist's office and a lot of medical intervention just to um, help me cope with life but it, it wasn't really working and so i had gotten to a point right after i had my son and and my daughter i'm um, right after that they're 18 months apart so it felt like they were just two weeks apart <laughs> but um right after they were born i it was like the enemy just stepped up his attack on my life to a place where i despaired of life and i just remember um thinking and telling god i had believed in him i had cried out to him nothing was changing in my life and so i said i literally said either you fix this or i'm leaving because i can't do it and so i was flipping through my bible and i came through i came to matthew chapter 4 the verse that talks about the temptation of christ and for the first it was like god just made me see that scripture in a new way and i read how um Jesus, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, and it starts there. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, and then he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and then the enemy came. So those three things, I saw them for the first time, and I thought, oh Lord, this is what I need. This was the the thing I had been praying to you about. It was the breakthrough that I needed, and so I said, I, I need some of this right here. And so I set out on a, on a fast. And it wasn't, it actually, let me just back up. Sorry, Jesus. I didn't set out on a fast. I was like, okay, tell me how to fast. And I had a plan. I went in with a game plan and I thought, okay, I will, I'm nursing my daughter, so I can't really do much. But I, my big plan was I'm going to give up some chocolate and some bread for you, Jesus. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and i just remember sitting on the couch and i don't know where it was like i heard a voice for the first time it was like a breakthrough in all the chaos in my mind and i heard daniel and i had never heard like a voice like that before so i went to the book of daniel in the bible and i looked it up and i was like oh there's a there's a fast this man did a fast and then i was like well that's cool that's cool jesus I'm not doing that, but that's cool. And then I heard, I literally heard the Holy Spirit say, You'll live. And so I said, I remember sitting on the couch crying and thinking, Okay, I'm going to do this. And that was the very first time I ever fasted. So I went on a Daniel fast because I was nursing. And it was like God had tailor made that for a nursing mom. So I went on this Daniel fast and. I fasted for 30 days. And when I tell you the challenge was, I I wrote in my journal, I am so hungry for sugar, I could lick the paint off the walls. Like, (laughs) if I thought sugar was on that paint, I would have eaten it. (laughs) I felt like an addict. I was struggling. And I just kept, but I stayed with it, and I stayed with it. And during that time, I would just sit and pray, and I was just eating fruits and veggies. And after the end of that 30 days... I remember writing in my journal i don't want this to stop it was the first time i had started hearing like little bits of the voice of god for the first time and it was the first time where i felt peace like the voices that were driving me to do what they wanted me to do they were receding and so i was afraid to come off the fast and after that i I remember praying to god like show me what to do I, I can't let this go i can't go back to the way it was and i can't because my kids won't have a mother and so god showed me you don't have to give this up and then when i read later this was much later but as i read about um the samaritan woman and jesus at the well and he says when the disciples offer him some food and he says my food is to do the will of the father i went This could be daily. I mean, this could be, like, life-changing for me. And so, from that point, it segued into, and now I call it a fasted lifestyle. So, I fast. I fast. Anytime you see me through the week, I've probably fasted, you know, at least a day in a week, every week. Um, I will... And I, and I also spend a lot of time in prayer, and my prayer looks like this. I'm probably skipping to your next yeah, question. what does prayer it. look like for yeah, me prayer and Good fasting yeah. so i I've, mm. I've always prayed, but I pray more intentionally now before it was more like an obligation. Now it's like, you are so cool, like I just want to know you. I want to know who you are. I want to be who you've called me to be and so I pray every day, I wake up in the morning but in the last, this last season of my life. I now wake up probably about 5, 5.30 and I get up and I pray for an hour before I go to work and then I listen to the Father. And if that day he says, fast from lunch, I'll fast from lunch. If he says it's a full fast, I full fast. I just do what I hear him telling me to do. And that also goes back to that example because it says Jesus was led by the Spirit. And that's how he ended up fasting 40 days and 40 nights. And so I realized we get to be led. If we make time and listen, we get to actually be led. And he'll tell you that day is going to be a crappy day. So you need to take some time and pray and fast. Or this day, you're going to have this challenge. Or this day, you're going to be a blessing. But you've got to be ready. Because if you're not, you're going to steal my glory and you're going to be selfish. So he shows me what to do. And so I wake up every day and say, what are we doing today, Lord?
0: Come on. So that's Come what prayer on.
2: and fasting looks like,
0: Kim. Thank you. Thank you. The, f- the fruit. Woo. Isn't it so encouraging? Like I feel encouraged. I know what I'm going to add to my rhythm and my routine. Listening to the Lord, huh? Isn't that cool? Wow, Kim, Caleb, thank you guys for sharing with us this morning. So, I want to honor our time and our children's workers. Not get too too crazy over. So. Um, lord's been speaking to us this morning okay and so we respond um just with a a question um how do you want to lead me lord right that should just be the question in our hearts this morning um and i said earlier i asked this for um band why don't you guys come on up and uh get your communion cups if you don't have them and um and we just want to continue the conversation with the lord this morning um so grab that and then i just want to talk for a second um as we take communion here um We just took a minute, right, to pause and ask the Holy Spirit, is there anybody that I need to forgive? And so uh, the Holy Spirit encouraged us through Paul's writings in Corinthians chapter 10. When we do this, take the bread of Christ's body and the blood of his son poured out for us to to do it uh, by first examining our hearts. And so if the Lord brought somebody to your mind that you need to forgive, I would encourage you, just take a minute, examine your heart. Holy Spirit, is there anybody that I need to forgive and release? Is there any sin that I need to confess to you? Um, and let's not because it says he says you'll drink judgment on yourself if you don't examine and so i want us to take seriously the body of christ we've been talking about how he is our bread um how he is our true drink and so i just want to give you a minute here um let's just go before the lord okay holy spirit would you just examine our hearts God, we just ask that you forgive us of our sin. God, we ask you to help us to forgive and release others. church this is the body of christ true food broken for you let us take his this bread together remembrance of christ thank you for your body jesus church this is the blood of jesus christ spilled out for us we do this in remembrance of jesus jesus we plead your blood over our sins today So we're just going to enter him in, back into worship for a couple minutes here. Um, sing through our Father. Very would be a good song to sing.
1: And then uh, we'll head out.